gentlemen, I'm Mike Gaston, and you are participating, and you're either watching or listening to The Currency, America's favorite podcast for ideas that change the world. How's that for, I, I just kind of made that up as I went along. But it is, it is November 8th, it's Sunday, November 8th. This is episode number 68, and I'm thrilled to have you guys along. We've got a little crowd here on the live stream, uh, and of course, a lot of folks will be listening to this after the show airs. But the title of this show is Ancestral Voices. This is episode number 68, Ancestral Voices. And you're probably wondering, what the heck does that have to do with anything going on right now? We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, and here we are. I just want to say hi to a few people that have joined the show. We've got George out in the audience hailing from Austria. We've got Doughboy Biscuit from uh, the south of the U.S. And we've got Pauline Weinberger from the uh, the west coast of Canada. Welcome, Pauline. She says, I hope they count ballots until 2024. Well, that's going to be about it. I think we're going to be in this ballot counting state uh, uh, ad infinitum, ad infinitum. But yeah, welcome to the show. Let's talk a little bit. So the big news, uh, you may have heard the Beatles broke up. Now, the big news obviously is that we have a presumptive winner of the American presidential election. <laughs> Joe Biden, Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, he, he, he was awoken from a nap at the uh, senior center. They, they let him know. They gave him a, a little fruit cup and a plastic spoon and said, congratulations, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States of America. And uh, he, he wanted to know what time The Price is Right was going to be on the, the television set because that's Joe's favorite program. <laughs> That's not very nice of me, is it? That's not very nice of me. Well, you may be thinking that I titled this Ancestral Voices because Joe's an old fella, that he's in his mid to late 70s. And that's not the case. I want to back up for a moment and just, and just talk about the concept of conservatism, because I know if my audience loves anything, it's me waxing philosophical about political theories. Now let's talk a little bit about conservatism. One of the things, and this is, this is critical for today, so stay with me, people. This is important stuff. Of course, everything that <laughs> that leaves the the, uh, the the my lips here are, is very important. Just ask me. Uh, my my wife will tell you. Oh yeah, <laughs> so important as her eyes glaze over. But here's the thing with uh, with Joe. Here's the thing. Or, or sorry, with conservatism. Conservatism has a number of kind of core concepts that undergird it, that inform it. Now, when people hear conservatism, they think of Republicans. People hear conservative, they think of right wing. Uh, they think of people that want, you know, small government and get your hand out of my pocket. That's my money. I don't want to pay taxes. Let those poor people just freeze and starve. I don't care about them. Bah humbug. They think a little bit of Ebenezer Scrooge. That's the, that's the picture that's painted. But that's actually not what conservatism is all about. Now, there's some principles. We're not going to get deep into them. But, but one of the principles, one of the principles of conservatism is, uh, well, hold on a second. I got to call somebody out here. We got, I, I understand this is hard for the listeners and I just take a curve like this, but uh, we have a new, we have a new folk person here. His name is Chad Rabishow. Is it Chad Rabishow? He says, hi, new listener. Doughboy recommended you. We met through Tom Hofling. We were both electors in Louisiana. Well, welcome, Chad. Glad to have you along. So we're talking a little bit here about conservatism. One of the things about conservatism that is, uh, kind of foundational is this idea that we allow our ancestors to inform 
how we live today. And what this means is, and you'll see this like in, in like the Orthodox Church, the Roman Catholic Church, you'll just see it in general conservatism, very big on traditions. You ever wonder why that is? I mean, you know, we're postmoderns. We want to get rid of all tradition. We want to get rid of the past. We don't want any of those things slowing us down. We don't want all the burdens and the chains of tradition and the past and all that old stuff telling us how to live our lives. We're moderns. We got technology. We got the internets. We got Google. We know everything. We don't need some person from the grave telling us how we should live. But conservatism says, no, tradition's important. Our ancestors have gone before us. They've lived full lives. They've, they've encountered everything that the human being can encounter. Plagues and famines and wars and heartbreaks and joys and celebrations and the ups and the downs and all that kind of stuff. And through the millennia, our ancestors have found the right way to live. They've figured out things that work. This is why when... Uh, the United States was looking at changing the laws around marriage. Should marriage solely be for a man and woman coming together? Because for millennia, since the beginning of time that we the recorded, that we can remember, marriage meant a man and a woman. This is a tradition. This is an institution that has been established through the ages. This is where you say we allow our ancestors to inform us because mankind for thousands and thousands and thousands of years has figured out that this is the best way forward. So conservatism often wants to conserve, it wants to protect these traditions. But conservatives want to listen to the voices of the ancestors. They allow their ancestors to have a say in our life today. And this is why I'm very excited about Joe Biden becoming president. You're saying, Mike, what are you talking about? I thought you were a Trump guy. I thought you were a conservative. How could Joe Biden, he's a, he's a liberal. He's, a, he's, a, he's going to let all the socialists in. Once he, once he hiccups and, and, uh, and, and falls over dead, you know, Kamala Harris, uh, is, is, she's a Marxist. She's going to take over. Mike, why are you happy about that? You, know, you don't understand. You see, Joe, even before he got elected... Joe and his team embraced a level of conservatism that we have yet to see, folks. We've never seen this before in American politics. We have never seen this, this, this most aggressive embracement, if you will, of conservative policy, of conservative thinking, of conservative behavior. Because what Joe did, and I think this is what won him the election, Joe allowed the voices of our American ancestors, those that have come before us and have passed away to vote in this election. He gave them a voice. Joe Biden and team gave a place for our, for our ancestors to cast their vote, literally, in the election. And I think if it were not for those ancestors, Joe would not have won. I don't think that Joe could have taken the day if it wasn't for allowing a bunch of people who have passed away and gone to the other side to have a voice in today's election. So, Joe, I want to congratulate you and your team. Thank you for in embracing conservatism. Thank you for showing us <laughs> that, uh, that the people that have already died should still have a voice, should still have a say in our elections. I think this is just an amazing time for conservatives. Now, I may be misunderstanding this. I may be misinterpreting this. So please forgive me if I'm getting it wrong. Push back. But that's how I choose to see it. Uh, yeah, so, so Joe, Joe, Joe Biden is our presumptive president. He's the president-elect of the United States of America. And, of course, he's made history uh, on a couple levels. He may be the oldest. I don't know. Now, someone have to look that up. I don't know, George, if you're still hanging in the chat, if you want to look that up. But it's possible that Joe's the uh, oldest ever elected. And then, of course, you have the first uh, female vice president and female uh, vice president of color, 
and, and Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. I'm not sure how to say her name. You know, that we've been corrected on this, but she, I've heard her say her own name differently at different times. And uh, I think I'm going to be in trouble here because, um, you know, now there's going to be a new, a new sheriff in town. I might find that my content gets, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, gets the ax a little bit. Let's jump into some of the comments here uh, that we're getting from the fans. So George says, election count, make America wait again. That's, the, that's, a great, that's a great slogan, make America wait again. Yeah, I love, there were a number of people, and, and one of my buddies who listens to the podcast, shout out to my boy Mike, uh, said to me, oh, uh, when I was like, how can you just shut down the count? How can you, like, we've never done that before. He's like, Mike, and I've heard this from many people, you know, people got to sleep, Mike. You can't have them working through the night. You can't have them counting ballots. Through the, Mike, people got to sleep. I'm like, Bro, this is the American election of the United of the president. This is like the most powerful position in the world, arguably. Maybe Putin's more powerful. Maybe now that Trump's out of office, Putin's been neutered. He doesn't have us in his back pocket anymore. Maybe now the Chinese are in a better position because I think Joe's got some ties to the Chinese. Oh, my friends, what a crazy world we live in. Make sure to hug and kiss the people you love. That's all I'll say. Uh, not because anything bad's going to happen, but you can't control the world around you. You have to laugh a little bit. But, but you can't tell me that you can't have an army of people for one of, you know, you're telling us for months, this is the most important election in our lifetime. You know, Donald Trump, the dictator, the fascist, the racist, the bigot, the, you know, all things despicable, the non-human, Donald Trump, the non-human must be eliminated. That's essentially the message. Now you're telling me, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we're Democrats, we're union workers, you know, our union, you can only count till 10, then our union takes a nap, they get, they get their milk and cookies, part of the contract, they get a nap, and they don't resume counting. I mean, come on, every other state could get it done. Somehow these states like, oh, we got to, we got to take a little sleepy time. You got medical professionals working through the night, doctors working, you know, 24, 36 hour shifts, you know, doing open heart surgery, knocking back a whiskey between, uh, <laughs> between, between uh, operating op uh, scheduled appointments. Anyway, so, so yeah, w make America wait again. I I've never seen anything like it. Um, kind of crazy. So uh, let's just jump in here. So Chad said, very close, Mike, um, Roe, bruh. Oh, Roba Show, Roba Show. So, so it's spelled R O B I C H A U X, and it's Roba Show, Roba Show. Very good. Thank you, Chad, for correcting me and helping me out with that. Uh, Pauline says ancient people can tell us about Joe Biden getting into politics. <laughs> ding, ding, ding! We got a winner, people. That's great. That's really good. Thank you, Pauline. That's excellent. Uh, Doughboy Biscuit says, George came up with the idea of with Doughboy Biscuit t-shirts. So now I've got two shirts, LOL. Already wore them to work this week. That's fantastic. I love hearing that. Um, Doughboy, for those of you just f listening for the first time, Doughboy, regular listener and participant in the live show. And uh, that's his nickname that he got at work. And then we talked about merch uh, here for my channel. He says, well, you could sell my sh shirts with my name on it. I said, you should just go online. Uh, you can make your own shirts, uh, cafe press, that type of thing, just print on demand. So he actually made a couple Doughboy Biscuit shirts and wore them to work. I want to know what happened. What happened when you wore them to work, Doughboy? You got to tell us. Doughboy also says, we intend to keep running tally of the leftiest, leftist policies Trumpies suddenly oppose under Biden that they didn't make a peep about under Trump. I'm absolutely sure this list will be quite extensive. So here's the thing about list, list making. I can appreciate what you're saying there, my friend. 
But, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people on the left, oh, we're going to start making lists. Anybody that donated to the Republicans, anybody that worked for Trump, even tangentially, we're going we're gonna to make lists. We're going to out these people. We're going to publish these lists. They're not going to be able to get jobs. They're not going to be able to hold public office. They're going to be relegated to outside of polite society. And just stop for a second. Just stop for a second. Think about what we're talking about here. Now, I expect that from socialists. I expect that from Marxists. I expect that from, from hyper-progressives that, that want to cleanse society of anybody that doesn't agree with them. I get that. We've seen those kinds of revolutions in other countries. Now, I think it's, I think it's abhorrent. I think it's abhorrent to not respect someone's autonomy. Somebody makes a dollar and they want to give 10 cents, 50 cents, or the whole dollar to a cause that they believe in that's legal, moral, good, whatever, and you're going to sit and chase these people around and out them? I think that's disgusting behavior. And quite frankly, I think that'll blow up in your face, uh, lefties. So, so I, would, I would tread very carefully on that. I don't think that's going to end well for anybody. That said, on the other side here, Doughboy, so now you're going to make a list of, of how now conservatives change their tune. Why? Why are you gonna, for what? To prove what? That people are pragmatic, that people change their minds, that people can be uh, swayed one way or the other, or that people are just weak. So let's say that people followed Trump. He was a cult of personality. I've been saying this for a while. Cult of personality. Let's say people just followed along and loved his policies. So for instance, like me, when they were printing money and just flooding the economy with it, I was not happy about that. I was like, this isn't conservative. Reopen the market. Let people work. That's conservative. Let people have access to work. Let them do what they're able to do with their God-given talents. Stop shutting everything down. Teach people how to be careful. Let's protect those that are really vulnerable because of the virus. Uh, We don't need to send out trillions of dollars to a bunch of people that don't need it. So to me that, uh, you know, I supported Trump, but I'm also questioning who's going to pay for all these expenditures. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying and I'm not saying, but, but to what end? To prove what? That was yesterday. That was yesterday. You know, I'm not going to align myself with people that, that, that don't have any depth of morals or ethics. I get that. I'm not going to trust people that change their tune every time the wind blows. But on the other hand, I want to be gracious to people. People change their minds. They learn their lessons. Sometimes the spell gets broken. People get under a spell. And when the spell is broken, they kind of wake up and they get on with their life. Let's let them do that. Let's say that Trump had some bad policies. I like Trump, but he had some bad policies. He had a lot of bad behaviors. I'm glad for those things to be gone, quite frankly. I'm not happy to have Joe, but I'm not, I'm not sad to see the backside of a lot of the negative things that Trump brought to the table. Am I going to want to be held accountable? Well, you voted for Trump, so now you're responsible. It's like, give people a break. I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. This rant brought to you by... <laughs> Oh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Chad says, Joe could not have won if he was not running against a bigger buffoon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Somehow Joe got more votes from the black community than Obama did. I mean, you know, Joe, I think you guys aren't giving Joe enough credit. I mean, a man that gets that many votes in the black community must be amazing. And I think, I think that's, you know, I I think you're just not seeing how brilliant... (laughs) Joe is. You know, after they called it yesterday, and I know it's not officially called, I said, I was watching Joe make some kind of speech or something. And I said to my wife, and I just started laughing hysterically. I'm like, what if, what if we're living in such a crazy world that Joe Biden turns out to be one of America's greatest presidents? What if, 
<laughs> I, and, and I don't, I don't think that this is going to be the case. It's just so funny because we've all been mocking Joe. He can't string sentences together. He is quite old. And God bless anybody listening to that's older, elderly, etc. I'm not anti-old, but to, to you know, we all decline. Like I'm in my early fifties. I'm declining. My mind isn't as sharp. My body, my body not as strong, etc. It's just part of the human condition. And Joe is getting up there, and he shows public symptoms of some um, decline. It just is what it is. And uh, so, so we, we like to tease and make fun, et cetera. But, but I said to my wife, like, could you imagine what if Joe got up there and it was just like phenomenal? What if he governed from the center? What if he was good to all the people? What if all of a sudden he got a conscience? He was moral. He starts putting laws in place to get rid of unethical, immoral things. It's never going to happen. But when I was listening to his speech, how he's going to do for all Americans and it's going to be great and he's going to bring us together. And I just, I just had to laugh. I just thought, you know what, <laughs> that would be funny. George says, yes, he is the oldest. So Joe's made history. He's made history. Pauline says a lot of people were quiet under Trump that now have their knives out. Um, yeah. And, and what do you mean by that, Pauline? Are you talking about people on the left, on the right? I, I'm not sure what you're talking. I mean, I see it on both sides, uh, but I was just curious what you mean there. Uh, George says it is president-elect or president-forget. That's it. That's it. Well, one of the things about Joe and his age, too, and I was thinking about this with um, with with Harris, you know, like... I, I, now, when, like, Obama was running, I think one of the reasons he didn't want Hillary as his vice president, because he knew, like, that's just an assassination waiting to happen. Like, if Hillary is my vice president, I'm going to fall down the stairs or like something, my airplane will crash. I mean, they'll be, you know, they'll find, I can, I'll commit, I'll suicide myself somehow in the back of the head with a pistol, uh, Vince Foster. But like, I thought Obama doesn't want Hillary as his vice because like she'll kill him. She'll bump him off to get that role. I mean, that just, you know, the tongue in cheek, but uh, kind of serious. So I was thinking with, with Kamala or Kamala, forgive me, I, I honestly don't know how to say her name. And, and we'll studiously try not to learn how to say it for the next four years. But uh, with with Kamala, Kamala, I can see her trying to do things like, for instance, if Joe walks into a room, she'll be hiding behind the door and just jump out. Hey, Joe, like she's just going to try to scare him all the time. Or when it's Joe's birthday, she's going to she's going to get him like a stripper cake where the cake comes in and the girl jumps out and does a striptease. She's going to be doing all kinds of things to try to give Joe a heart attack. She's just going to try to push him over the edge. Uh, like, oh my God, Joe, you know, the, the, the Russians are bombing us. I just got news that we're getting bombed. You know, oh, I'm just kidding. April Fool's Joe, just, just joshing you just to see if she can get that, that ticker to give up the ghost there to, to, to go into overdrive and, and to, and to blow out. Could you just see, that seems to me like a great Saturday Night Live skit or, or an ongoing bit, Kamala trying to give the president a heart attack so she can take over. Now, you know, they would never do this because... Joe and Kamala are the anointed ones. We can't make fun of them. They're our team. We can't make fun of our team. No, they'll just spend the next four years making fun of, Tom, uh, making fun of, fun of Trump and any uh, conservative folks out there in the country. That's, that's what they're going to do, most likely. Um, Senator, you know the thing. That's uh, paper cuts are a real job site hazard. Yeah, that's right. That's Pauline. Doughboy says, my coworkers absolutely loved the shirts. Of course they did. It was a genius idea. It was a genius idea. I'm glad you did it, Doughboy. 
Joe, Doughboy says, I think it's crazy that the leftist politicians are going to censor Trump supporters. Absolutely. Well, you know, and that brings up a good point. You know, the whole censorship, even, and I know this was uh, a troublesome for some people, but, you know, um, while the election was going on, when things stalled, when it started to look like, uh, like Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, states that Trump was handily winning, and then suddenly, like, just with this big spike went to Joe uh, when that stuff started happening, you know, Trump made a, a speech and it was a live speech statement and all the networks were carrying it. And he was essentially saying, hey, look, we've won this thing, but I think they're stealing it from us. I mean, in so many words, some people were really upset, like they were like, this has just never happened. It's unprecedented. This is reckless. The president, he's spreading lies and disinformation. He's trying to steal the election. I, I, you know, honestly, now look, there's cognitive bias, so forgive me. But I, I really think, and I think it was a bad move, by the way. I don't think he should have done that. I think he, he overplayed his hand. It's like he should have been savvier, but Trump doesn't know. How, I don't think Trump, like savvy's not, like he's smart, he's cagey, but he's not smooth. I think he need to be smoother. I, I think getting up there and complaining to the American people that some Thing fishy was going on is only going to get his base wound up, but it's not going to win the country over in a sympathetic way. And um, anyway, so when he did that, a lot of the networks cut him off mid-speech. Now, I think Fox News, of course, I think they allowed it to go the full and, and maybe some others, I don't know, but I think like NBC, ABC, MSNBC, all these guys, all the major networks cut it off and jumped in and said, this, the president is spreading misinformation. We're sorry, we're going to have to interrupt. Like they shut it down. Here's the thing that's really interesting about this. And here's the thing that we should be thinking about just as people. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably think you're the kind of person that can differentiate between falsehood and truth. Uh, BS and, and honesty and so on. And, and you like to, you know, you, you can probably gauge somebody's character. You talk to somebody, you're like, ah. what I find really troubling is that the media's job, it, historically, a free press is to make sure that we get the information. And what they did is they made a, a an editorial decision that you're not allowed to get this. We're not going to give you this information. Now, it, it comes across as we're not allowing the president to lie to everybody. It's almost like we're sticking it to the president. And a lot of people are like, yeah, that's good. I think everybody right and left should be concerned when the very uh, elected official, the president of the United States, I don't care who it is, gets shut off by media outlets because they've deemed what he said or she said in the future to be uh, unfactual, untrue, misinformation, and so on. Now, I... I understand, like, the, the, like, at some point, there's a fine line where you have to cut things off. If the president goes on TV, if some horrible person gets in office, and this is how the, they view it, and he gets on TV and says, I want you to, you know, if your neighbor is a Christian, if your neighbor is a Jew, if your neighbor's gay, whatever it is, you know, I want you to, you to, to, to grab them, to arrest them, to kill them. You know, like, you do get countries where over the airways, they announce it's time for the bloodshed and, and butchery happens. I think uh, Sierra Leone specifically. Not that the president did that, but uh, so, or Rwanda, I apologize, Rwanda. What am I thinking? Sierra Leone. Maybe it happened there too, but I think Rwanda is where I'm thinking. So I think the news media in their mind is like, well, we've got to stop him because this man's an animal. He's outrageous and blah, blah, blah. But, but the fact of the matter is, yes, he was saying some things that were upsetting. They were troubling but he wasn't, he wasn't trying to incite riots, insurrection. He was just pleading his case, although very heavy-handedly. And, um, 
and, and like a baby. So when the media decides for you and I what we can and can't see, when the media decides that you and I aren't smart enough to understand what we're hearing, to, to, to adjudicate for ourselves, we have been stripped of a freedom. We've been treated like, like children. You talk about patriarchy. You talk about this controlling patriarchal society. We've got to eliminate it to give people freedom. That's patriarchy. That's paternalistic. That's paternalism. It's like, you don't know enough. You're just a stupid child. You're not smart enough. So I'm going to protect you from it. I'm not going to allow you to hear the rest of this. Quite frankly, somebody like Trump, let's say he, you know, and I voted for Trump. So I'm not, I don't want to cast myself now that he lost as somebody that's anti-Trump. I voted for him. I wasn't thrilled, but I voted for him. And uh, I don't think there's any surprise to anybody here. But like, let's say Trump gets up there and says something that's outrageous. I don't mean that it's inciting violence, but just outrageous. The average person, like, let him say it. This is my problem with Trump in the first debate. He did the same thing. He, it's like he wouldn't let Joe talk in the first debate. He just kept interrupting and cutting him off. And it actually hurt Trump because it never, Joe never had the chance to put his cockamamie ideas out there so that the American people go, well, that's not a good idea. And Trump could then hammer those ideas. So I think the news media, to sit and say we're not allowed to hear what the president of the United States is saying in a historic moment. This was a historic moment. You should have heard that speech, if only for the fact to say it was historic. A president has never said that kind of thing before. It's historic, and I was able to watch it. For the media to decide that you shouldn't see that, that you can't see that, I think is shameful. So that's that. Let's uh, take another look here at some of the comments. Um, Chad says, we were in pace to $5 trillion added to the debt over four years before COVID. Now it'll be around $7 trillion. Yeah, I mean, Trump has been spending like a drunken sailor. George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, same thing, came in compassionate, conservative. The guy expanded the federal government like nobody's business. So not a conservative. I'm sorry, just not a conservative. Doughboy says, sent the photo of the Doughboy Biscuit t-shirt uh, to Mike on Twitter. Yeah, I got to see the t-shirt. Very nice. Uh, Pauline says, even Obama looked old and tired after eight years. Yeah, that, I mean, it does take it out of you. And she said, the knives are out, especially on the left, but even on the right, Mitt Romney has already denounced him. Twitter is mocking him openly. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. So I thank you for clarifying, Pauline, and you're kind of echoing something that I've been thinking about. I don't think it's going to be good for Trump afterwards. I, I think... And some people are going to paint him like a martyr. Some people are going to paint him as a criminal that deserves any punishment he gets. I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see a very broken Trump. And not, I don't mean like contrite, humble Trump. I don't think it's going to be good for him. I question will Melania stay with him? Not because he lost, but I think partially they've made their marriage work because he was president. There's you know lots of uh, public behaviors where you kind of question what the relationship looks like. It's it's obvious, it's clear, it's factual that Trump has not been faithful to her during the marriage. What a surprise for a guy that's gone through multiple wives, etc. So I don't think it's going to be good. I think you're going to see a lot of, um, I think you're going to see the system chase him. They're going to look for everything they can. They're still going to try to prosecute him. They're still going to dig into things. You think Russia was a, you know, a three-year waste of time you wait. There's going to be a lot of energy, money, and time put in, into breaking Trump permanently. And uh, and I think I don't think it's going to necessarily go well for him. I don't think he's going to come out the Teflon Don. 
and just be able to bat this away. I think it's going to be pretty ugly. And I think that's too bad. Even, even let's say, for instance, Trump has done a bunch of things, which I, I'm not convinced that he has, but let's say he's done a bunch of things that deserve punishment. I don't like the idea of a loser of an election, the presidential election, to then be politically hounded and punished. Let, let's say he never ran for office. It, they wouldn't go after him. There's there's no reason to go, even if he's committed all kinds of unethical deals and he's got all these ties to different shady things, you, you wouldn't go after him. It's Don Trump. He's building his buildings. He's got his empire. He donates some money. He He's kind of a fun character and you leave him alone. But it's almost like we're going to punish you. We're going to make sure that you learn your lesson and we're going to, and we're going to have a chilling effect. God help anybody that dares to try to challenge the system. God help anybody that dares raise their head up above the herd and say, I'm going to break this thing. I'm going to do it differently. We don't have to do it the way it was done before. So in some ways, I think Trump is going to end up being a bit of a martyr. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. I don't like the idea of, of punishing political foes when they lose. Now, uh, you could argue, uh, well, Trump said lock her up about Hillary. He made all this. He did. It was part of his routine. He, he, he would chant it all the time. It was kind of ugly. Um, it tapped into sentiment that a lot of people had. But one thing you'll notice, he never tried to lock her up. Once he got in office, he never tried to lock her up. And uh, it just, I think the other side's going to try to lock Trump up. I really do. But we'll see what happens. But I think Pauline is 100% right, as always, as usual, I should say. Uh, only I can be 100% right, because only I uh, am worthy to be a, a dictator, world dictator. What, what, what was the campaign, George? Was it Mike 2020? Now it's Mike 2024. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, Dictator for Life. But yeah, thank you, Pauline. I do agree with you 100%. Doughboy says, I guess you got a point about the list, but the fact is his supporters are the reason Trump lost for not holding Trump accountable. Hey, we're all just small people. We're all just individuals. And the, the fact is we don't have the time, uh, the energy, the inclination, sometimes the intelligence uh, to go deep with any candidate. We kind of pick somebody who we think resonates with us, who speaks for us. It's human nature to want a hero. It's human nature to want a leader. It's human nature to deify these people. This has been going on for centuries. It doesn't make it right, but we are wired to want to follow. We are wired to be led. We're wired to look up to someone or something greater than ourselves. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we get these flawed people, and and I think Trump did a lot of great things. I don't want to, I don't want to bash him. And I mean, I, I'm not like, oh, he lost, so now, oh yeah, I never was never a Trump guy. Uh, Trump, who? I'd never liked that guy. I think he did a lot of good things. I think he really did a lot of good things, and I think I'm hoping that he's given the right a bit of a spine. Maybe we can be more, um, we can be more uh, humane. Maybe we can be more civil. But maybe we can be more rigorous and aggressive in our fight. Maybe we can really take it to the left in a way that's that's got some depth to it. Not the name calling and the, the nastiness, but maybe we can learn how to take our gloves off and throw some real punches and try to win. This is the thing that the right struggle with. It doesn't know how to play for keeps. And I think it has to learn to do that. And I think I'm hoping that Trump has given us a taste of that. Now, of course, we're going to have to have some election reform if we ever want to get back in office, but... Uh, again, and, and again, this goes back to the, the voices of the ancestors. That ancestral voice has spoken, people. I'm, I'm grateful, again, that Joe Biden is counting the voices and the votes of those that have gone before us. Uh, may they rest in peace. Oh, let's see. George says, a stripper cake is at least a nice way to go. You see, George, always looking at the bright side. I, I, 
somehow, George, and I got to tease you, when I hear that statement for you, I feel like that's a little bit of a wishful thought right there. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble with, with Mrs. George. I don't want to say, hey, uh, <laughs> I, I think your husband wants a stripper cake. But it's, it's not a little wistful, that comment, George. But I'm glad you made it. And I would agree with you. If you had to go, there are many terrible ways to go. But a stripper cake, uh, probably one of the better ones. <laughs> oh, Common Doughboy. Pauline says he didn't lose Common Doughboy. He didn't lose because almost all MSM was tilted against him. That's the interesting thing, uh, and Pauline continues, COVID killed Trump's chances. If the economy was still good, you wouldn't have the riots and so much BLM nonsense. And, and I want to pick up, again, Pauline, I think you need to be a co-host today. I want to pick up on what Pauline's saying. You know, if you look at what Trump actually accomplished, he, he lost. And, and it was close enough. It was, it was within the margin of fraud. I, I actually think that if you had a fraud-free election, which is impossible, there's no such thing as an election that has no fraud. Uh, but if you had a fraud-free election, I think Trump would have won. But it was close enough. It was within the margin of fraud, that meaning that fraud was going to make the difference. And I think the Democrats uh, have a pretty good fraud network going. I mean, that's just their thing. Okay. Oh, by the way, why do they do that? Well, it is for them the ends justify the means, that the left believes so strongly in, 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 the, in the goodness of its mission that it feels almost uh, like Machiavelli advised in The Prince, that the ends do justify the means, that, that you have to do whatever you can do to, to, to grab, hold the levers of society, including politics, especially politics, because that's the, the center of power, so that you can then guide society to where you know it needs to be, to that good place. Ah, I feel so cared for and, 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 and safe now and secure. <laughs> so that's why I make that argument. I, I, you know, the left is, I'm not trying to be unfair to the left uh, any more so than, you know, than the left is unfair to the right. But this isn't like a tit for tat. Like they, they, you know, they, that's how you do it. You kind of use those dirty tricks because that's how you get power. Okay, what was I going to say, though? I was going to say that if you look at how Trump performed, I mean, he outperformed himself vote-wise last, in the last election. He picked up more, way more Hispanic Latino votes. He picked up way more black votes in America. He was actually quite popular amongst females. They were talking for, oh, the, the suburban female not voting for Trump. He's lost that vote. He retained that vote. Like, he did really well. He, he was... he dominated Florida, where Florida was kind of a nail biter. Uh, we, we had some issues with Broward County last time, this time he dominated. If you look at what Trump did, the it, it's very impressive. And here's why I say that. From the minute that Trump got in office, the, the very minute that he was actually called the winner, forget getting in office, just like this time last year, there were people literally in the streets screaming, the videos, they're memes now, just screaming at the sky. We had waves of women protesting with their pussy hats on. We had just not, you know, I, I saw somebody the other day with a tattoo on their flank. It was a photograph. I didn't see this. They lifted up their shirt and it said, Trump is not my president now or ever. And I'm thinking, well, that's, that's a real piece of rocket science there, folks. That's some real brain surgery happening you hate the guy so much that you want to tattoo on your body that he is not your president now or ever. But in so doing, you actually tattooed his name on your body. You hate him so much that you put his name indelible forever on your flesh. Okay. But if you look at that level 
of, of wackadooitry. That's a real word, by the way. Look it up, wackadooitry. If you look at that level of craziness in, in, in the opposition to Trump, you look at the media, the way they covered him, you look at the Russia gate. I mean, you just look at everything they threw at Trump. I mean, you, 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 if you are able to step back for just a moment and look at how they spoke about Trump, you know, he, he, Trump attacks this one. He aggressively, like even the qualifiers, even the adjectives and adverbs and everything they used to describe him, it was always slanted. It was never that the president firmly stood. The president resisted this. It was always he was the aggressor. He was nasty. He was wrong. He falsified this. It was like, it was just a given that this is a bad human being. And so it's okay. We can just say whatever we want about him. Journalistic integrity be damned. So were some of the things that they said about Trump true? Absolutely. But my point being that it was four years of nonstop rhetoric against Trump. Maybe you got Fox News, but the country isn't watching Fox. Trump supporters are watching Fox. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, all these, all these PBS, they were gunning for Trump for years. For him to show up in the polls and do that well should tell us something. And... For the Republicans to do smashingly well in the down-ballot election, my goodness. How does Joe even win when the Republicans win everything else? How does that even happen? But somehow it did, strangely. But, you know, again, Joe tapped into the power of conservatism and allowed the voices of those past to have a say in today's election. Doughboy says all MSM which is mainstream media, will always be against Republican presidents. You are most likely right, my friend, unless that Republican president is more liberal than, uh, than not. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see when that happens. Uh, Chad, in, in talking to Pauline, says Trump was the first to recommend the lockdowns. Governors followed suit after he issued the guidance in March. He owns the lockdown as much as they do. And uh, Trump and um, Pence both own the lockdown in their debates. Uh, yeah, and here's the thing. I think early on, the lockdown is what the whole world was doing. And I think Trump realized after he locked down, because we are run by our states, not the Fed doesn't get to tell the states what to do. Once that happened, the, uh, the states weren't going to let go. They just weren't going to let go. And it became politically expedient. And let's face it, too, over a quarter of a million people have died in the U.S. Now, you can argue about those deaths, and I have. Um, how they happen, et cetera. But it's still a big number. I mean, this isn't something you just sneeze at, no pun intended. <laughs> you know, I think we should talk about how did those deaths happen? We should break them down. We need to understand these things more. We need to depoliticize this. That's not going to happen in my lifetime. But somebody someday will look back at the data and go, oh my God, these guys really screwed up. But the fact of the matter is we're attributing almost 300,000 deaths to this disease and it's not done yet. So uh, you know, to, to initially knee jerk and, and yank the wheel of the car too hard and go off the road, that happens sometimes. And he, he made a mistake. I think Trump did not handle the COVID crisis well. Uh, I think once he woke up and realized what was going on, it was too late. And Trump's strength is his biggest curse, which is he's really great in front of the camera, shooting from the hip. But in certain circumstances, that doesn't work. You got to be smarter than that. You have to have a good team around you. You have to trust your team. You have to be working together. And he just doesn't, Trump was not very good at creating those kinds of teams. And um, it got away from, Doughboy says Trump made the suggested guidelines to shut down the economy and the governor simply followed his lead. All right, George says, I was watching the election on MSNBC and CNN live streams. I never imagined 
that they are really that bad. Wow, our Austrian states TV, ORF, O-R-F, is much less partisan than any of these networks. Yeah, they are bad. Now you know. Now you know. George also said, Mike, you need to show the Doughboy shirt on the next live stream. I could probably bring it up on this one. If you guys uh, want to give me a minute while I, I can goof around a little bit while we talk, but I'm sure I could show the, the Doughboy shirt. Let me just uh, log into Twitter. This is how this is live TV, ladies and gentlemen, live TV. We're just going to do this. Uh, no net. We're going to walk on the tightrope with no net. Now I got to open my messages and let's see what we got here. All right. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to swap over to the other screen here. Let's see what we get. Let's see if it shows up. You should be able to, nope, you're not seeing it. Hold on, bear with me, kids. Bear with me. I'm going to go back to my camera here. This is so hard to do, ladies and gentlemen. I'll get it in just a minute, but I've got it up on the screen. I just have to figure out how to get that screen live. Let me go to a couple more comments before I do that, because I want to make sure we don't get lost in the sauce here. Uh, Doughboy says, I don't watch any of the MSM. In fact, when I used to watch Blaze TV, even Steve Deese said the majority of voters don't watch MSN either. And, um, boy, we got a lot of comments, great comments today. You guys are really opinionated about this stuff. Uh, let's see. Chad says, it doesn't take long to recognize people that watch the MSM. Many people just accept what they hear. Uh, in the MSN is fact. By the way, Chad, just so that you know, because you probably weren't expecting this, I do read stuff out loud. Not to say that you got to be careful what you say, but I'll, I'll throw a lot of these up on the screen. So uh, Chad continues, I think we should get back to the unifying and optimistic messaging of Ronald Reagan. I'm not sure if that is possible today, but it would be refreshing. It would be, but I also agree. I don't think it's possible. And we're actually working on a piece of content right now that I'll be putting out, but I think what's going on, uh, we've got the right and the left here. In America, and in our minds, it's like conservatives versus liberals. But what's really going on, it's, it's more of an interscene war. It's really two forms of progressivism. Both parties believe in progress. There isn't one party that's truly conservative saying, we want to go back to the medieval times. Not that you have to do that to be a conservative. I'm exaggerating. But both parties are wanting progress. And what you're seeing is a battle of siblings Meaning, what is the vision of progress? One is saying we want to create a secular utopia, a secular heaven on earth. And the other is saying we just want to create ever, never-ending improvement, never-ending growth, never-ending wealth. Both of those are progressive concepts. And so what you're seeing here is a battle between two visions, two versions of progressivism. On the right, the American right, you have the free market people, the, the private property, the individual liberty people. Uh, that's a form of progress. On the left, you have the social justice warriors, the progressives that say, we want a perfect society. You may not commit the sins of wrong think, wrong speak, wrong behavior. These are battling siblings. These are not opposing ideas. They're battling visions. It's very similar. A lot of people don't understand this. It's very similar to the, the World War II era where you had Nazi Germany fighting the communists and the communists fighting the Nazis. And people go, well, it was the fascists versus the communists. That battle between the Nazis and the communists, the Soviet Bolsheviks, that was two siblings because communism is the idea that the whole world falls under this communist uh, political and societal system. Communism can't just rest in one country. It wants to, it has to bring the world under 
its umbrella. This is Marx's vision that all the world evolves historically and economically into communism, that it's inevitable, it has to happen. Whereas Nazi Germany was the National Socialist Party. It, it, that was, that's what Nazi was, the National Socialist Party of Germany. Socialists would say, no, we embrace a Marxist view of economies, but we believe in nationalism, meaning it doesn't have to take over the world. You can just run your own country and have socialism. The Nazis were socialists. A lot of people don't want to admit this. A lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of people don't understand this. The Nazis were socialists. And so the battle was between two siblings saying, how should socialism slash communism be implemented across the world? And the communists couldn't allow national socialism because that got in the way of an international socialism. That's essentially it, national versus international socialism. And that's what we're seeing in the U.S. right now is this battle between two kinds of progressivism, this never-ending wealth-creating, never-ending never growth and improvement on, on the right, this free market machine, and on the left, this idea of a secular heaven on earth, which we all know will be a hell on earth. Uh, but that's that. Oh, I wish I could figure out how to get this doughboy... Um, this Doughboy. I'm going to try something here. Bear with me. I want to get Doughboy's uh, thing up on the screen, but I'm not doing a good job. I'm screwing up the live stream. Ah, I'll have to wait. I'll get it for next time. Next time. But yeah, I'll figure it out. So let's, let's jump into some more comments here. Uh, and I want to, I want to, um, get towards uh, wrapping up here soon, but a couple more comments. Uh, let's see. Chad says, Trump was not above voter fraud. He told his supporters to vote twice, uh, once by mail, once in person. I wonder how many people got away with it. Obviously not enough. Okay, so let me, let's address that. Uh, this is one thing I've also noticed. So I think on the left and the right, people joke. And some people go, yeah, but that joke's for real. I, there have been times where Trump has said things, I think, it's him being, it's a shtick. If you ever listen to Trump at his rallies, it's almost like a comedian working his material. And he does it to get a rise out of people. Now, sometimes he's hinting at things. Sometimes it's a dog whistle. And I got that. I'm not trying to say, oh, no, he never does anything wrong. My guy's always right. And, but I think some of this stuff, you listen to it, like the left would act, they, they clutch their pearls. Did you hear that? He said, vote twice. Everybody listening knows he's just yanking people's chains. He's being a troll. We all know what a troll is. Donald Trump is like the ultimate troll. And if you don't see that, I mean, my goodness. But the left, the left would act like he's not a troll. He's serious all the time. He's trolling. And I think we all know that. But, you know, was, was he trying to get people to do it? Chad, was it a wink, wink? Uh, it's very possible. But I heard those comments and I interpreted them as more of a troll uh, than anything else. But... I could be wrong. I only voted once, so we'll see. Um, Chad, how would a modern conservative speak to a liberal arts student uh, of today, she asks. I'd be curious what that answer is. Doughboy says, Trump might be the last Republican president because the Democrats will try to make millions of illegal aliens citizens. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think you're going to see some massive changes. The saving grace to a degree is that you've got potentially the Republicans holding the House, although that's still up for grabs. There's going to be a runoff uh, election in Georgia for se a senatorial race. But, you know, saving grace is that you've got some checks and balances. President can't do everything. And, and um, of course, if you've got a House that resists 
then you've got some check and balance there. I'd like to see, honestly, I'd like to see Joe. Uh, I had a neighbor uh, say this the other day. You know, Joe's not a, a outrageously left-wing liberal. He tends to be more of a centrist. His and I don't like Joe. I don't respect him. He he's a liar. He had to bounce out of. He had a bout of a race in the in the late '80s or early '90s. I can't remember. Uh, presidential race because he was caught plagiarizing tons of material that he was saying that he wrote he, and he didn't he plagiarized it so i mean joe is not the most honest ethical moral guy of high character you got the whole hunter biden china thing and i think joe's embroiled in that stuff you know you got the stuff with the ukraine um ukrainian uh, prosecutor general etc joe had a hand in that there's some bad stuff going on there put that aside Joe's known for working across the aisle. Back in the day, he'd work with Republicans. They get bills done. They compromise. They work together. So, so Joe's known for working with the other side. Now, the thing is, you've got this really aggressive left-wing um, faction in the Democrat Party, the AOCs, the squad. And in fact, uh, I, I, you know, they've been pushing hard. Now, they had an agreement. We got to get Trump out of office, so let's make a truce within the Democrat Party. You're kind of classic old school Democrats and your socialist left-wing Democrats said, let's have a truce. Let's not kill each other. Let's kill the Republicans first. Now, AOC's come out like literally today or yesterday and said, okay, uh, gloves are off. We had a truce. I did my thing. You damn well better give us what we want. And if you don't, we're going to war over it. Now, a lot of Democrats are blaming that down ballot failure on AOC and her squad saying, the Democrat Party went too far left. America doesn't want BLM nonsense. They don't want Antifa nonsense. Americans don't want their cities burning. Americans don't want to feel unsafe. Americans don't want to be berated because they're not the right color skin or they're not the right sex, etc. And AOC saying, no, the reason we lost is because the Democrats have a terrible uh, election machine. We stink. It's not my fault. And in fact, we need to go more left wing. And if you don't let me go a little more left wing, there's going to be a war. I don't think that Pelosi is going to survive this. But my neighbor said, knowing this, he thinks that Joe is going to want to establish the fact that he's the guy in charge and that he's not going to let the left wingers push him hard. We'll have to see. I think the trick is, again, can Joe stay alive? If Kamala can get him to have a heart attack, then, <laughs> then all bets are off. All right, let's, let's keep going here. Uh, Pauline says... Um, I wrote a longer comment, but apparently it was too long, so it probably got cut off, yeah. And then Chad answered, uh, with honesty and integrity, conservatives should not be ashamed of their position. They're more mainstream than liberals. Good point. Uh, I don't think they should be either, says Pauline, but when you're taught that words are violence, how do you take a conversation? Um, conversation with uh, tradition, take on family and society, et cetera. And Doughboy's saying, LOL. I think he's laughing at the fact that I can't get his the photo of his shirt up. I should know how to run this, shouldn't I? I mean, I should be able to get this thing to work. But for some reason, uh, for some reason, I'm having a hard time here. So there's got to be a way to get, I want to I I get this thing up here. I'm going to try this browser again and see if I can't. I just want you to be able to see Doughboy Biscuits. Uh, it's not letting me do it. Wow, it's just the weirdest thing. I'm not sure. It's it's definitely me. It's not the uh, not the software. It is the, uh, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, it is the Indian, not the arrow. 
Uh, let's see here. So we're going on and on. George says Trump might be a troll, but the hardcore MAGA guys don't get that and take him literally. And I think there's truth to that. I'm not going to argue that, George. I think you're right. Um, and that is troubling. I, I get that. I totally get that. Chad says Joe might be more centrist compared to the party, but he will likely sign anything the Democrats pass. We'll, we'll see about that. I'll tell you what I'm going to do here, folks. I want to wrap up the podcast, but I want to continue the conversation on the live stream with the chat. It's a fantastic conversation, but I'm going to wrap up the recorded part of the podcast. I want to say to everybody, thank you so much. Look, if you're distraught about this election, you're unhappy that Joe won, you're, or you're glad that Trump's out, or whatever it is, I want to encourage you that life is more than the presidency of any country. Now, look, the government of a nation has a huge impact on the quality of life. There's no question. And I think it's worth fighting for good governance. I think it's worth fighting for fair, equitable systems that are honest, moral, and just. I think that people need and deserve and desire good leadership. And so I'm not trying to poo-poo this. I'm not saying, hey, it doesn't matter who's in charge. I'm not a cynic. But on the other hand, I want to just encourage all of you, if you're listening or watching right now, look at the life that you have. Take some time and just count your blessings. Look at the things that you have. You may not have a lot, but all of us have something to be thankful for. Take some time. Be thankful for that thing. Let yourself get into kind of a reflective mood and, and mindset of gratitude. And once you have that, look at the people around you. Look at the work that you have, your family members, your neighbors. Engage those people, engage that work, engage your community, your society with that attitude. I'm not saying that you can't have an edge to you. Jesus said, be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. We, we can still be kind and gracious. We can still be tough at the same time. We can still be savvy. You don't have to be naive. Get out there, fight the good fight, but be a happy warrior. Love the people around you and demonstrate for them a better way. Nothing speaks louder than a life lived of quality and of goodness, grace, and love. And so I just want to encourage you guys as you're listening that we can do a lot. We can do a lot in the world that we find ourselves in, on the local level and in the interpersonal level, on, through our work and so on. Yes, be involved on higher levels, but don't lose heart. Whether you are glad about this election, sad about this election, don't lose heart. Don't get overjoyed too much. Live your life with quality. Treat the people around you with respect and love and be a good person. And uh, ultimately, if, and if you would, uh, bow your knee to, to Christ. I mean, to me, that's the way. I understand everybody listening doesn't necessarily agree with that, but that's the opportunity. That's the way. Be transformed into someone better, someone better. Come into your full uh, potential in him. Guys, I love you all, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you.